What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Next on the Ledger Report, hospitals of death. Doesn't matter whether it's a red state or a blue state. All that matters is the government protocol to treat COVID and the cash windfall for these hospitals. In with COVID, out in a coffin. We will hear just a couple of the horror stories that are exemplary of what's happening across this country, unfortunately, and what needs to be done about it. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. I told the nurse that it looks like Keith had a bacterial pneumonia. Could she please contact his doctor? She said yes but no doctor ever came. Twelve hours later, Keith was on the brink of collapse, drowning in his own pus. I told the night nurse about the pneumonia and again asked for the doctor. Her response was bizarre. She didn't seem to care about Keith. She was alarmed that I knew he was dying from an untreated pneumonia. She refused to tell me or Keith who his doctor was. She refused to listen to the infectious disease doc I got on the phone at three in the morning. She conferred with the other nurses and they walked out on Keith. So at that point I asked Keith, hey Keith, want to be on Facebook? And he said yes. And this is the man in extremis that they walked out on. They decided I needed to be moved to another room. I told the nurse that wouldn't be necessary, I would leave AMA. At which point they agreed and asked me to lay in bed while they got the necessary paperwork. They then came back with security, attacked me, tied me to my bed and placed me in isolation for four hours. After a change of shift, a doctor came by and released me. Three weeks later, Keith died. After I was healthy enough, I went to the police with three charges, including elder abuse. The police investigated and told me that what happened to me was a common practice at this hospital and they weren't going to send it to the district attorney. I eventually sent my case to the hospital for review and Cheryl Roberts, executive director of quality and risk management, thought elder abuse was so common at SMH that it wasn't worth commenting on. It seems that those of you who were on the board at that time were unaware of this incident. I would like to ask anyone in the audience who has had a friend or relative mistreated during COVID stay to please stand. Thank you. It appears that this hospital board is a victim of a cover-up. Stop the tape. That's 
Dr. Steve Gavanti. An incredible, incredible, harrowing story. I know the audio is a little bit low, so I'll recap basically what the doctor is saying. He was in with COVID in July of 2021, and he was roommates with a gentleman by the name of Keith, who was about 10 years, maybe 15 years younger than Dr. Gafanti. And Keith was deteriorating while Dr. Gafanti got better, recovered from COVID. But it should be noted, who knows whether they really had COVID? I'll get to that in a minute, if I remember. But the bottom line is, Keith was given the protocol, the government-approved protocol that hospitals are reimbursed for, and Keith died. Even though he had the symptoms of other problems than COVID, like pneumonia, and pneumonia needed to be treated. But we've heard these stories time and time again. The fact that Dr. Gafanti goes to the police with his story, not even Keith's story, but his story, and talks about elder abuse, and they just kind of shrug it off like it's no big deal that it happens all the time at this particular hospital, is stunning. It should be sending shivers down the spines of, oh, about 340 million Americans. That would be everyone. This is criminal, what is going on in hospitals. And it's not just this hospital. This is the protocol for virtually every hospital in this country. The government protocol is the problem because it is linked to cash payments, cash reimbursements, our tax dollars. If you do a certain procedure, you will get money from the government. That's effectively what's happening in these hospitals. It's the old carrot and a stick. And it's killing people. The government protocol doesn't work. We know this. We know it's a joke. We know remdesivir actually makes matters worse. We know once you intubate, when you stick a tube down someone's throat, the odds of them surviving that are very low, and the odds of them getting some sort of ancillary problem, ancillary infection, for example, because something's stuck down your throat, are high. But the fact that they are also denying these patients the treatment that they are requesting, aka ivermectin, they are denying their requests, demands. They're denying them food. They're denying them water. This is an incredible story. Where is the mainstream media on this? This is public comment. Took place just a few days ago in Sarasota County, Florida. Now, Sarasota County is not like Los Angeles County in California, where it's overrun by Marxists. There's a pretty close balance in Sarasota County between Democrats and Republicans. Where's the district attorney? Where is the attorney general of the state of Florida, who supposedly is right there with Governor Ron DeSantis in holding people accountable and holding entities accountable and holding companies accountable? Governor DeSantis and his... Uh, Entourage and his, his, his administration is now targeting the pharmaceuticals. That's great. That's wonderful. And they should be held accountable for making promises that were not kept. In fact, exactly the opposite. It's exactly the opposite with the COVID shots, and we know this. And the more evidence that comes out, the more it tells you that they're worthless. They're beyond worthless. They are harmful. 
Now, billions of shots have been meted out around the, the world. Billions and billions of shots. And my buddy, Dr. Ben Marble of MyFreeDoctor.com, MyFreeDoctor.com, it is a free doctor, Ben Marble, reminds us that this is going on right now to this day and that shots are being meted out. And only little by little is information kind of trickling into the mainstream media if they even bother to report it at all. The fact that now among the COVID positive patients and deaths, now it's, it's the, the so-called vaccinated that outnumber the unvaccinated. But we knew this was going to happen. But again, it's, it's the, the troubling aspects of these shots and the long-term ramifications that we just don't know. We don't. It's, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic that people are walking around, they're ticking time bombs because we don't know what's going to happen a month, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And we know sterility. We know that there are heart problems. We know that young and old are affected. But we don't know what the long-term ramifications are. And if there's short-term ramifications, then by God, there's going to be long-term ramifications, unfortunately. But what is happening in these hospitals is absolutely criminal. And I want to remind you, this program is brought to you by MyPillow. Uh, go to MyPillow.com and my store for Christmas shopping. Put Ledger in the promo code box. Now is the time. It's Christmas. We don't do holidays around here. We don't do happy holidays. We do Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Ledger, promo code box. In my pillow and my store, you get up to 66% off. Also, Relief Factor. I was shoveling rock uh, around my, I was doing penance, right? Here I am in the Camp Ledger, shoveling rock around my, uh, my garden, my yard. And uh, I have messed up my back, so I take the Relief Factor. Uh, if you call 833-425-7246, 833-425-7246, Relief Factor, and um, tell them I sent you. They'll give you a, a starter kit for a, a nominal fee, and you'll notice a difference right away. I take Relief Factor. Also, if you'd like to get a hold of me, if you didn't get all that information, I can send it to you. GrahamLedger411 at uh, gmail.com. It's a Gmail account. It's an old one, but I'm still active using it, even though I boycott Google as much as possible. GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. Back to the criminality of what's going on. If a patient is requesting medicine and is not being given medicine, that's a problem. In my opinion, that's malpractice, even if it's, quote, off-label. Ivermectin, quote, off-label, right? Off-label. So, it's FDA approved. Not that the FDA means anything anymore. The FDA is a joke. The CDC is a joke. NIH is a joke. We know this now. They've been exposed. They should be defunded, and those departments should be, they should be canceled. They should be wiped out by the Congress, which allowed them to be created in the first place. It's only the Congress that can do this, ladies and gentlemen. The president, if Donald Trump's elected, I believe he'll go scorch, scorch earth, and I believe he's got an opportunity to gut the FDA, and he can tell the FDA director, gut it, I want you to fire everybody. He can do that. But it's only temporary because the FDA route is going to be there. In the end, it's the Congress that's got to bulldoze the FDA and, uh, and start over again. Same with NIH uh, and, and same with the CDC. The CDC, I don't even know if the CDC 
existence is justified anymore. But what is, because the CDC is responsible for what's going on in these hospitals. Oh, we're following the FDA and the CDC. So the CDC says when you get somebody who has COVID, first of all, the tests, the, um, the tests that they're using cannot differentiate between the flu and COVID. Who knows what else it can't differentiate from? These PCR tests are worthless. And the guy who invented the PCR tests is screaming that from the highest mountain. But of course, the mainstream media is not listening. So the PCR tests are corrupt. We don't know if they have COVID or the flu or something else. Okay, so that's number one. So they're in the hospital and they're sick. And then when they get in the hospital, apparently they don't do anything. This is what we're hearing. They just let them sit there and they may get better or they may get worse. And in Gafanti's case, he got better. In his roommate's case, Keith, he got worse. So then they give him remdesivir. And we know remdesivir is a joke. In fact, it may be harmful to these patients. If you can survive remdesivir, then you've got a pretty good immune system, pretty strong person. But many people deteriorate on remdesivir. But again, follow the money. There's a positive COVID test, cha-ching, remdesivir, cha-ching. The hospital gets reimbursement from the government. It's a cash cow. They want COVID positive cases. Oh, this test is crappy. It may be the flu, not COVID, doesn't matter. We're gonna write it up as a COVID money. This person, oh, he needs remdesivir now or she needs remdesivir now, money. And then when they get worse, they snake the tube down their throats, and it's more money from the federal government. The compensation. You see a pattern here? And then they die, and then there's compensation from the federal government for that, too. It is unbelievable that this is going on in our country right now. Someone else who testified is a woman whose husband died at the hospital. Some people would say killed. Some people would say murdered at the same hospital there in Sarasota County. Patty Myers, she gave testimony. And again, it's, it's the same old story. They're, they're begging for ivermectin. And in this case, Patty's husband got ivermectin and started to get better and was, I think, on the verge of being released from the hospital. And then they said, nope, nope, nope. We're not going to give you ivermectin anymore. And he went downhill. It's a painful story. I caution you, it's about one minute and 45 seconds of pain and a, a very painful testimony. Here's Patty Myers, roll tape. After that, they stopped the ivermectin. They were hard and strong and they said, we're not doing it anymore. After it worked, after he was healed, that's what he said. About 10 days later, he died after that. He saw body bags pass his room daily. One day he said, I've seen five. Please tell them to close my blinds. RNs and doctors said there is nothing more we can do. Ivermectin worked dramatically. After three days on Ivermectin, he was off. I said that already. And the high flow is only on six liters. I said that already. They pressured him to be vented from day five. He was there for 27 days. They thought he wouldn't make it, and they treated him that way. In the end, he couldn't get ice, water, or food the last five days before he was vented. 
The government tells you what to prescribe and they give you bonuses for that. My husband's bill was over $500,000 and the hospital received at least $100,000 on top of that. The ICU doctor told me, quote, I'm doing what the FDA, CDC, and what this hospital has told me to do. That's sick. We trust doctors to be doctors. I trusted doctors when I drove my husband to the death chamber. That's what I consider it. The doctors are threatened to lose their licenses, and pharmacists are too if they go against the protocol. There you have it. She hits the nail on the head there that the doctor's licenses, the pharmacist's licenses are being threatened if they deviate at all from the CDC FDA approved protocol. We've seen this time and time again in California. And I just talked to a friend of mine who is a physician in California. He's now actively applying for licenses in other states because he knows it's only a matter of time before they come after his license. Is this America? Where is the AMA protecting these doctors? Obviously the AMA is in bed with the CDC and the FDA. The AMA is not protecting these doctors saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. This patient was given ivermectin and was improving. You stopped it and he died. You don't think that's a problem? You don't think that that is borderline criminal, if not criminal? Where are the district attorneys here investigating? Where is the attorney general of Florida? This is happening in Florida. It's happening in red states and blue states, as I pointed out. This is criminal. This is elder abuse if they're, you know, over the age of 60, 65. I think it's just abuse. I don't even like these modifiers, elder abuse, whatever. It's abuse. It's criminal. It is... Negligent, that's criminal negligence. Um, and in my opinion, it's manslaughter. These people need to help be held accountable. Okay, hold them accountable in civil court, Graham. Here's the problem. I don't know about other states, but I speak for Florida. And Governor DeSantis, who's not batting a thousand, he's batting about six or seven hundred. Governor DeSantis signed a piece of legislation. I know you DeSantis lovers out here don't want to hear this but he signed a piece of legislation that indemnifies the hospital for another year. All hospitals in Florida. Why would he do that? Oh, could it be he was up for re-election? Hey, you got to keep your eye on all politicians. I think Ronald Reagan would back that up, including himself. Sometimes they go off the rails. So civilly, these hospitals in Florida are indemnified for another year and a half or something like that. And then what? what's going to happen? They're going to re-up the legislation. Bottom line is, even if you can figure out a way around this legislation to hold these hospitals accountable, there's tort limits too. And there's some expression out there that these hospital administrators are almost bulletproof from civil. But they ain't bulletproof from criminal. And that's what this is. We have a criminal syndicate going on in this country. In all 50 states, hospitals caring more about the reimbursement, hospitals caring more about the bottom line, hospitals caring more about the cash 
then they do their fiduciary duty to their patients and human beings and American citizens going in there with the faith that the hospital is going to do the right thing. And in the end, they do the monetary thing. We've got to stop this. I wish I had a magic wand. I wish I had a route for the average person to take to help out here, but I don't have one in this case. All I have is the evidence. And the evidence seems clear to me that there is more than enough information here and more than enough evidence here for any district attorney or any attorney general to open up a, an investigation of a single hospital or a chain of hospitals or all hospitals in the county or in the state. Connect the dots and find out what in the hell is going on here because we know what is going on here. It is cash for COVID complements of the federal government. These are hospitals of death and they must be brought to justice. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the archives of the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>